Hey, what's up everybody and welcome to Game Chat, the video game variety show brought to you by Borderline Entertainment. I'm your host, Asa Green River, and today I'm joined to my lovely left, Mr. Nate Pressler. Hey everyone. And to my righteous right, we've got Addison Tossie. Hello everyone. And of course, I cannot go on without mentioning our special guest, Corey Cudney. Welcome to the His House, brother. How you doing? Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm good. How are y'all doing on this lovely, lovely Sunday? Dude, I'm I'm so excited. Uh, if you are in the chat and you're thinking, why on earth would you do this on Father's Day? I didn't know. <laughs> didn't know that this was going to happen uh, because I don't know how to read a regular Mayan calendar or whoever created Father's Day. But anyways, we are here celebrating all things video games, and we've got a fantastic episode planned for you. But before we continue, Corey... Tell us a little bit about yourself for the folks who might not know who you are and what you do. Yeah, so uh, like you said, my name is Corey Cudney. Uh, my regular nine to five, what I always say is I work at uh, an independent game studio here in Austin, Texas, where I'm a video editor um, called Certain Affinity, where we co-develop games like Halo, Call of Duty, Doom, a lot of really cool stuff. Um, but then on the other side of the coin, I'm also known as Kind of Funny's gift master, so to speak. I make a lot of their gifts. Um, I've made a couple of videos for them on the YouTube channel and everything like that. So uh, I'm just a video editor, which I also <laughs> do a podcast um, called Just an Editor Podcast and uh, a Starting Line Podcast. And I have a music video coming out on Tuesday. There's like, there's a lot of stuff going on, man. Whoa, 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 what? It's not my music <laughs> video. I didn't sing in it or anything. I, I just did motion graphics for it. <laughs> Still, I was like, I want to hear that sweet voice sing to me, baby. Yeah, yeah you can totally <laughs> check it out. The band's called The Dark Halo. They have a new uh, awesome song coming out on Tuesday. Okay, cool. we're going to have to double back to that at the end. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yes, uh, Corey is the one who makes Kind of Funny look good, and he so graciously is going to be on this episode today, and we're going to dig into it. We're going to get his opinions. We're going to figure out what he thinks about video games. But before we continue on, a little bit of housekeeping, I have to say that this episode is brought to you by our patrons. And don't forget, you can be one too. Head over to patreon.com slash borderline entertainment, and please consider supporting us today so we can make more content like this, make better content for you, and uh, do this full time because <laughs> we, we all have daytime nine to five jobs when really we want to do nine to five. I was going to say on you, but that's not. No, we want to do <laughs> we want to do nine to five for you. So please consider being a patron today. But like I said, this is the video game variety show. And if you're wondering what that is way back when on television, they had these things called the variety show where an illustrious host like myself would bring to you amazing, hilarious content in a variety of formats, all differently hitting on certain notes. And we're doing that, but for video games. So we're going to kick things off with something that we all love to talk about, newsbees. What's hot in the news in the video game world? So just like last week, what's going to happen is I'm going to give these panelists a news topic, tell them a little bit about it, and we're going to rank them in four different categories, absolute boredom, mild interest, definite intrigue, and extreme hype. So our first bit of Newsbees news, The Last of Us Part 2 is out, but we're not going to get into that. We're going to talk about review bombing. So some of you know, some of you don't know, but reviews are things that typically an outlet does, like IGN, GameSpot, whoever. But there are some places like Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes where you can actually go and review stuff as a user. So users have been going in and bombing this. Now it has been pointed at it being an Xbox thing. 
So I don't know how true that is, but needless to say, the review bombing, it's obviously by people who have not played the game because the game got flooded with negative one star horrible reviews day one that it came out. And you know that those people didn't play it. So let me kick it off to Addison, resident Last of Us specialist. <laughs> where 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 are you ranking this? What are your, your feelings? I mean, absolute boredom and absolute pissed off like <laughs> don't do anyone's community um it i don't know i've played i've already got 10 hours in the game and okay. for anyone that's touched it they're not going to give it a one star review mm-hmm. like it's it's not happening so I, I don't know i just think it's uh something that uh probably needs to be figured out by the you know app hosts um figure out how to either remove those or um correct it so that it doesn't happen any further yeah Nate, what do you think? I mean, it's just so ridiculous because the same thing happens with like Animal Crossing, which like, yeah. who did you have to piss off to like make Animal Crossing a one-star <laughs> game? Like you just go and like chill out. It's an escape. So absolute boredom here too. Cause it's like, okay, another, it's like, it's not cool to like, not, it's not cool to be alt like that. So I'm just, people need hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> now, Corey, even though you call yourself just a video guy, which is like the biggest understatement of the century, as somebody who works at a studio who works on games, like what, mm-hmm. how do you view this like review bombing, users putting in reviews? What's your temperature gauge? Yeah. So, I mean, just like you two mentioned, it's, it's really, it, it is kind of a like, it's absolute boredom. I agree. Um, it's super, it's, it's just horrible for the game devs, but I think all of the devs probably know what's going on and they're all probably super aware that's like, Hey, um, as bad as it sounds, just don't pay attention to the Metacritic user reviews at this point. Um, uh, just like you were saying, Addison, I have, I have about 20 hours in, I took the, I took a four day weekend just to put uh, (laughs) towards last of us. And, uh, yeah, it's one of those things I've even talked about with my own friend group where, they're just reading things online and they're like, oh, well, I heard, you know, the story's not as good this time around. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't even, don't read stuff online. Like if you're gonna play it, play it. And it's fine not to like it um, after you play it and after you formulate that opinion. Um, but just to watch leaks or read leaks or read what other people thought about the leaks and yeah. formulate an opinion based on that is doing a disservice to yourself on the story, but also like the hundreds and hundreds of devs that worked on that game, so. Yeah, I totally agree with you too. It's it's kind of it's kind of shitty. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss, but <laughs> you know what? You do what you gotta do, baby. <laughs> okay, cool, awesome. <laughs> so and then let me. I'm gonna put an addendum onto this one. Should this type of review process? Because you're right. This is absolutely not the first time that this has happened. Um, I think the big one to happen before this one was probably Borderlands Three to actually like hit mm-hmm. news outlets. Um, should people even be allowed to do this? I mean, obviously, people are going to have their opinions. Like you said, Corey, friend groups, you guys are talking about it. And so obviously mm-hmm. people are going to have those opinions. Like, should the average, I don't want to say the average person, because there's you're allowed to have your opinions. But should that be safe for Twitter? Or should it actually go in and, and allow people to affect the score? Even if it's just the user score, should people be allowed to go in and affect? I want to hear from, like, what do you guys think? Does that Does that matter to you? I mean, I normally don't, if I'm going to enjoy a game, I'm going to enjoy it. And like, I'm not going to base that off of a score normally. 
Um, mm. I mean, I, I get that it's important um, to some extent, but like, what do I care what you know you say about The Last of Us? <laughs> you should, because <laughs> uh, I'm so, right. Yeah, it's got there's got to be a balance somewhere. Like, I think it should be limited to maybe one site for for just users instead of actual critics. It's it's really hard for a, a website like Metacritic to do, but I love the way that Best Buy does it. Where if you made the purchase through Best Buy, if you give it a review, there's a little verified purchaser uh, yeah. badge next oh. to it. Um, so stuff like that, and then like Steam does it really well, yeah. where they put how many hours you have on record. Uh, I think solutions like that is really good, but Metacritic inherently, since there's no way to prove through Metacritic that you bought the game, yeah, uh, it's just it's inherently flawed. Where you know anybody can just say whatever you want, and there's no way to to verify it. But on Steam, you're like, ah, oh, you only put 45 minutes in it. I don't care. It has no <laughs> yeah. weight for me. Like, so that's how I feel about it. But yeah, well, I wonder too, like, if there are going to be any steps to take because I know Rotten Tomatoes for Captain Marvel, they ended up shutting off a bunch of um, user reviews because people were just bombing it and bombing it and not to get all SJW, but like it's another game that's female led and people aren't really happy about that. And a lot of the reviews are very, very vitriolic about that specific um, piece, which is very much like Captain Marvel. And it's like, there's a bigger problem at hand. And so it's how, how can these companies deal with it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, not to not to get on any discourse outside of video games, but Nate, that point alone, the fact that that's an issue still, like it's infuriating, and it shouldn't be like that. A, a game or a movie or a person should be able to stand for what they've done or what it can do alone, not based off of what they are or or, or what the game or you play as or anything like that. Sorry, it, I probably was Amen. diving too much into that rabbit hole because. Obviously, there's a lot going on, and it, it just makes me very angry. But you have it, folks. Review bombing for The Last of Us Part Two, completely unanimous across the board. Absolute boredom. So let's move on to EA Play. Now, I don't want to talk about EA Play just as a whole. Maybe we can do it like we did with the, the PlayStation 5 event. Let's pick out a few things. Like, So, okay, give it your rating, and I'll start. I'm going to put EA Play as definite intrigue i'm not 100 percent hyped because i feel like there was a lot of stuff that i know that's in the pipeline that i wish i would have heard of or things that it's what been like years and years and years since the things have even been talked about and it's like why is this not a thing but anyways judging on the merits of squadrons looks incredible i'm so psyched mm-hmm. that skate 4 is a thing like that just blows my mind that they're even bringing that back um and then, of course, and, and Corey, you're going to buy with me on this. Greg Miller, that shirt. That's that, Oh, my God. It was so good. Right? Right? It, it, so it just good. brought the whole thing home. But It really did. But those were really the only high notes for me personally. I mean, like, it's really cool that Apex is coming to Switch and that it's going to have cross-play. But the cross-play isn't coming to the fall. And it's like, why isn't that? I feel like cross-play is something that you should have said later. And, of course, that's cool stuff's coming to Steam. But I just felt like, what else? Like, what other big things can you bring us? So I'm not all the way up to hype, but I'm definitely intrigued because they did have some really high notes. But uh, go into Nate. What do you, where you put it? Mild interest because okay. I feel like I am EA's like least favorite fan um, <laughs> because I just I feel like they just come to the table with this like grandiose like here's what we're going to do and then 
it ends up being like, oh, but there are a bunch of microtransactions and you have to be online the whole time. And don't worry about it because just here are all the kind of stipulations. So I'm I'm interested, but I'm I'm more interested to see they promise seven games coming to the Switch. And I wonder how many of those are like sport related games and like ports and mm. just things like that. So I cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Corey. Um, I, I'm vibing with y'all on, on the mild interest. Um, I'm, I'm a little sad that we didn't get the Mass Effect uh, remaster, but as you yes. always say, I can't dock a company for not showing something that I like that I put on myself pretty much. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, Squadrons looks so good, man. Yeah. I, <laughs> yes. I went into this going, okay, it's $40. Like, I don't really care about dogfighting games, but like, I'm interested. We'll see. And then they gave it to me. And let me tell you, okay, I am, I'm all in now, okay? I'm yeah. going to be horrible at it, and I know that. I've come to terms <laughs> with it, but I am so excited to dive in and pilot a ship this fall. It's going to be super exciting. Yeah. Oh, super pumped. Addison. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always kind of skeptical when it comes to EA, um, so I'll give it, like, a definite intrigue. Um, skate's cool. Um, I don't know how that plays along with, like, the announcement of, tony hawk remastered you know right um but i i kind of like the idea of bringing that back um and yeah squadrons i was on the fence about um while i was watching that whole thing because one i cried the first time i put on the vr uh headset for battlefront yeah um so i was so excited for that but i was nervous about the gameplay because of how things have been rendered recently and uh just kind of the gameplay um but when i saw the fleet uh the multiplayer yes and the fact that i can yeah. do that in vr i'm gonna freak out yes. <laughs> i think that you know i'm i'm really excited for all that yeah so so ea keep it up but we're watching you I, that's that's what i'm feeling right now <laughs> yeah. you're, like you're, you're not off the, the crap list yet but then let's talk about some talk cyberpunk. About one thing real quick, though. What? What? Uh, it takes two. How do we feel about that? Um, I can't even talk about that because I was so confused. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, they talked about Joseph Ferris like he's a god. And mm -hmm. I had never heard of him before. I mean, I, I had seen the, the jail um, one that he did. He yeah. Had done. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what's that? A Way Out? Yep. A Way Out. Yeah. And I was just like, meh. So it'll be interesting to see how this next one does. See, I thought A Way Out was a ton of fun. Um, okay. Then again, like it's if, if you're not playing A Way Out co-op with somebody who you are talking to the entire time, yeah. it can greatly, greatly affect your experience. Sure. So that's one of those things that if, first of all, the, that little snippet, that trailer that they showed, I'm like, I got nothing from this. It just is nothing. Yeah. But if it is going to be so heavily reliant on cooperative play to be successful in my eyes i'm like oh that's that's so tough because especially with quarantine it's you can't like for me i think the best experience is if you're not landing up sitting side by side like being in that yeah. room experiencing it together um obviously online co-op is available people can do it but to have the best experience i feel like that's the best way to play it so anyways i say that to say that if if this game is going to rely on that mechanic or something like that to where if you're not playing it this way, then you're not going to get the true experience. Then that's just like going to really bum me out. But uh, yeah. yeah. So. All right. But moving on. Cyberpunk delayed again. 
again. <laughs> but th- they put out a great statement. I feel like this is an effort to reduce crunch, which has been a very hot-button topic for the industry. So for me personally, I am in extreme hype. Take all the time you need. The game looks fantastic. It doesn't look like the time that they're taking is affecting it negatively. Um, I don't know if anybody knows who Paris is. Um, Amazing personality, but check out his YouTube channel. He's been doing great coverage of this game. And just seeing the the enthusiasm for this game from somebody who's such a going to be a hardcore fan of the game, I'm I'm still excited. You know, I I think really with all games, this is a path that developers should take if they can. Take all the time you need. Push back the dates whenever. Just don't overwork your people. So that but that's me, Addison. Where you at? Um, extreme hype. I mean, they've they announced this how many years ago now? Yeah. And like. <laughs> At this point, what's another you know couple months? I, I don't even, I don't remember how long it got pushed out. I thought it was going to um, be September. Now it's November. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that long. Right. Um, I mean, I kind of experienced this with The Last of Us as well. You know, it got pushed back, and it's an amazing game. So, if if they need more time to meet their own standards, go right ahead. Um, and if it makes the quality of life for those developers even better, great. Yeah, and not to double back to myself for too long. But also, my only gripe about moving it to November is that there's so much stuff coming out in that mm-hmm. echo chamber of the holiday. I, yeah. I, For so many games, I don't want them to get drowned out in everything else that's happening. So theoretically, Breath of the Wild 2, Halo Infinite, like those are just off the top of my head, two massive games that are going to be coming out around the same time. I want Cyberpunk and those devs, I want their hard work to shine without any hindrance. So that would be literally the only negative thing that I would draw from it. But Corey, what do you think? Uh, so just like you guys, for the game, extreme hype. I, I cannot be more excited for it. it. It looks like it's right up my alley. I personally have a very weird thing where like huge open world, like live your life games like Skyrim and, and Witcher and stuff like that. I never really could get into. But FPS I'm the same is, way. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's. I don't want to say it's too overwhelming, but at some point it kind of is too overwhelming when they're just like, here's 40 quests, do them at your own leisure. And I'm like, nah, man. But like, I love FPS games. So I think that's a great marriage and I'm super ready to give it a try. Um, On the flip side, like y'all were saying, I'm hoping that it's the type of of pushback that gives the devs a good work-life balance. I do know, um, or I've heard, I can't say I know, but I've heard that the Naughty Dog delay didn't necessarily ease anything on the developers. It just meant, yeah. hey, y'all are still going to crunch, but now y'all get to crunch for two more months on top of it. So it's like, it's kind of one of those things where the game's going to be awesome. And I hope, hope, hope that when the game comes out, the developers feel satisfied and they feel like that it was all worth it and everything like that. Um, but maybe if this is a delay that helps give them, and if anybody could do it, CD Projekt Red, you know, has the, yeah. has the cash inflow from Witcher. <laughs> um, to to really give their devs time to make a, a really cool special game. Yeah. Nate. I so I'm, I'm with Corey because I think it's going to be a really fun game and I think it's going to get me into that type of game. I will say I'm a little cautious what that extra time does mean for the developers because if we think about it like knowing Nintendo and some other companies, 
there are a lot of challenges that have happened with having to go remote and having all your devs go remote. And so what does that mean in terms of the crunch and not being able to like kind of shut the door on that? So I always think back to Jason Schreer's um, Blood, Sweat and Pixels and what that looked like for some of those different crunch cycles. So I'm really hopeful. I think the game's going to be great, but I do hope it doesn't come at any adverse cost to the devs and anyone. Yeah. I guess I had never really thought about that when I made my statement. So I'm glad you guys brought that. <laughs> Addison, you're a monster. <laughs> I, uh, without going into any detail whatsoever, um, we had a we had a meeting very close after that delay was announced. And yeah, somebody who who knows somebody that works at Naughty Dog was like, yeah, it's, they're not really that happy at the studio still. <laughs> like the delay doesn't necessarily mean any reprieve for them, unfortunately. But yeah. the game's wonderful. So it's a weird moral conundrum we all have to deal with inside. Yeah, <laughs> That's the real game of Last of Us. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of got that feeling watching uh, Raising Kratos, um, that documentary mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. the making of God of War. Like at one point, he just came, the director came in and was like, the game doesn't work. And yeah. like, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like that must yeah. be a horrible feeling for literally everyone. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a real situation and uh, I, have sympathy for all those people <laughs> <laughs> that said uh cory if you ever want to be on the show oh sorry <laughs> i was talking to cory barlock just into the camera i was about to be like i'm already here yeah. man <laughs> cory if you want to be on the show twice absolutely <laughs> cory barlock if you ever want to be on the show <laughs> this is probably way on the bottom of the totem pole but we'd love to have you. But uh, last last bit of Newsbees news, Animal Crossing New Horizons continues to bring content. And even though it is a zeitgeist, a juggernaut within the world that we are in today, is it still relevant? Does this still excite you? They're having a wedding season. So from, from I believe, it's like for the next couple of months, you're going to have not only items that you can buy for your home, decorate your island, but then clothing. And I just think about what this could do for the game. Because if, and Corey, I know you know, but Addison Nate, I don't know if you know who Gary Wooda is and what he's been able to do within Animal Crossing. Yes, yeah, Nate knows, but he has a talk show within Animal Crossing. And IGN just even did an island tour where they went to different celebrities' islands. So it is such a communal experience that I wonder if we're going to get some legitimate weddings out of Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh so oh, wow. in all honesty, <laughs> just the thought of that, I'm at extreme hype. I'm If you're out there, you're engaged, you're like, what am I going to do? People have to do drive-by parades in my house. This sucks. Do it on Animal Crossing. I'll be there. Put me on the guest I'll list. I'm, <laughs> I'm extreme hype. Please, somebody join in my love for this announcement. <laughs> I'm extreme hype. Yes. Um, for a couple reasons. One, everything you just said. Two, because of what's going on in the world, I haven't had to go to any real weddings, which means I haven't had to incur any costs. So sure, I can spend some bells to get you a fancy surfboard of a different color, <laughs> drop it off in your island, celebrate yeah. you, mazel, and then leave. So I'm extreme hype because I don't have to put on pants. Yeah, and I probably don't fit in my pants right now. So, <laughs> Addison. Uh, I mean, I still haven't played because Kara stole my Switch and has just been playing that nonstop. Um, and then you told me that, you know, she can't transfer off. So I, 
at this point it's a lost cause for me um, <laughs> but yeah no i think it's it's a cool idea um it's kind of re- reminiscent for me of like pokemon go the events that they have in that um mm. so i think it's cool for the users that are playing um and yeah if if some real weddings pop out of this congratulations <laughs> <laughs> uh, bring us home Corey. man i'm also at extreme hype uh i have not touched animal crossing any animal crossing in my life actually um but like just like you said seeing the zeitgeist and everything has been super cool on a viewer consumer side of things and it's just been it's been amazing to witness like the whole world come together and like you said animal talking uh became a thing and it's just it's amazing and now i gotta wonder like if you have a wedding inside animal crossing do you have to hire like a licensed oh, shoot, yes. to officiate the wedding? Does it even count? Like now we got to ask ourselves all kinds of other questions. Yeah. <laughs> that brings up a whole nother thing. I am licensed to marry people. Oh Pretty. my God. See, they got to invite you now. Give me a call. Hit up my DMS. <laughs> it might just be the state of Ohio. I don't really know, but if you want to get married in animal crossing, I'm your guy. Let's do it. I've officiated one <laughs> oh wedding, God. and I want to add to my list. But that wraps up our news beast section. Please let us know in the comments below. What do you think? Where are you at with these news hits? We're going to move on to what's in the box. What is in your console, your PC? What are we playing right now? Let's dive in, Nate, because I feel like I, I know what the other two are going to say. What are you <laughs> playing right now? So I am currently post campaign still exploring in pokemon shield isle of armor oh the dlc expansion pass it is i don't want to disparage it because i think it's fantastic it's exactly what should have been in the game from the get-go though okay and it does promise kind of what the what you're able to do in future games so the fact that i'm able to move my camera around just free and just do it's it's such a full world and there's so much to do so much to explore so I'm having a complete blast and I'm trying to cherish it because I know Crown Tundra doesn't come out until like November, December. Yeah. Um, add that to your list, Asa. Um, is I'm switching <laughs> to Bug Fables, which is kind of like a Paper Mario, but a little bit more oh. intensive. Okay. And it's I'm trying to get hyped for Origami King. And so yeah. one of my friends recommended it to me and it's fantastic. It's like 26 hours worth of story. Um, really cool very much like the original paper mario so trying to kind of go almost like old school to what i would have been playing like 15 years ago yeah so with 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 isle of armor because there's so much out right now i haven't even remotely had a chance to touch it is it a is it a buy is it a worth it check it out or is it should should we wait until crown tundra comes out and then we can play them consecutively so it's not like hey we busted through this content really quick in a weekend now we've got really nothing pokemon until then so i will equate it to the breath of the wild dlc where the first pack of dlc in the wave was more of just kind of like it's very quick and you can kind of do it at your own leisure and then the second part was really story heavy which is what they're promising okay i think it's worth a buy now because it's just fun to pop back in that this summer there are very mild animal crossing vibes so it's good for people like that um there's some apricorn things that you can do but yeah i would say if you were kind of skeptical skeptical about breath of the wild dlc wait until the the meaty story comes before you spend 30 bucks on it okay cool cool all right do do i really have to ask what you two are playing 
because we just talked about it at the beginning. Uh, but, why not? Go ahead, Corey. Man, I'm I'm like I said, 20 hours in The Last of Us. It is exactly what I wanted out of out of it. It's uh, gameplay. I, I love it. I'm obviously not going to spoil anything. Going to keep everything super yeah, generic. Say careful here. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's exactly what I want in the fact that you can tell that the devs looked at the The Last of Us from a gameplay perspective and we're like what are like these little things that we can like tune it's just it's the, the gameplay suite that you have on your controller is just perfect it's amazing i tweeted it yesterday but it really makes me look forward to the like confirmed multiplayer like standalone or addition or whatever they're gonna do um but if it has this gameplay suite to it i'm all in i love it it's it's one of those stories that i've been playing pretty much all day and I go to bed and I think about it laying in bed <laughs> and I contemplate what it means. And like another like little thing that they did and I've been listening to, if y'all haven't checked it out, um, I highly recommend it. The Last of Us official podcast that uh, Sony and, and Naughty Dog are doing. Oh, I sure. do have a gripe with that, however. I think they should have been a little bit smarter about how they released it because in my head as a content creator, you should have released it all leading up to Last of Us 2 that way people who needed a refresher or behind the scenes or whatever yeah um, but the way that they did it is is episode two each season of last of us one's getting two episodes okay um so so episode two came out last week so we just got finished with summer but uh one of the really cool tidbits that i didn't know about last of us was that uh they didn't have stalkers in the game until like months before launch and that was something they added in right at the end because all they had were were the runners and the clickers and then right. obviously the bloaters but um <clears throat> I love, and you can kind of tell it in Last of Us 1, where it's like a runner and a stalker. Apparently, stalkers only in a couple of, of, uh, of uh, encounters in the first Last of Us. And uh, you can kind of feel it because they feel the same. But I love at? in this game, when you run into a stalker, you know it. They, they, they act different. They feel different. They, you know, all the enemy types are just totally like, they run the gamut and they really make me as the player be like, okay, this is what I have on the field. These are who I need to take out first. Although, like every stealth game for me personally, it, it just devolves into, oh shit, I've been made. And then you're just like <laughs> attacking everybody at the same time. Uh, but I always go in with a good heart that I'm like, I'm going to take you guys out one by one and like make a plan. And then all of a sudden you hear that last of us two sound. That yep. was a horrible impression. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, the game wise, I'm loving the game. It's an amazing game. All those Metacritic scores, get out of here. It's it's perfect. I've been telling all my friends, like I alluded, it's like, look, man, I hate to sound like this, but I'm going to sound like this, where it's like, I will respect your opinion on the game after you've played it. But yeah. when you're in two hours in and you're like, nah, I know about the game. You don't know nothing. It's it's so good, and it, it just takes all – it's the first time in a long time, I feel like, that I've played a game – that I'm so invested in that I'm just like on the edge of my seat because I don't know what's going to happen. It's like Game of Thrones in that way where you're just like, I love these characters and I know these guys aren't afraid to mess with these characters. And it's like, it's just, it's cool to play a property because like you play Halo Infinite. You're going to pick up Halo Infinite this fall. Master yeah. Chief's not going to die. Like Master Chief is going to be fine. Like the yeah. Arbiter <laughs> may be in it. The Arbiter may... I don't know, whatever. Cortana, I guess she, like, spoilers for Halo 5, I guess. She turns bad, but it's like, at the end of the day, 
Still pretty safe. Yeah, exactly. It that hasn't played Halo 5. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have you really not? Did I just spoil that game for you? Look, look, here's... Look, real Are you quick. invested? Did I, did I just do a dick move? You you did, but that's, I still love oh you. Oh my god. No, listen, I'm listen. I'm so sorry, Ace. I'm so not gonna to go happen. too off on this, but I'm, I'm, I'm having... I'm and I fucked it up! <laughs> Dude, no, it's not oh, your fault. Man. I'm having the hardest time with and this. Is nothing against three four three. You guys are doing a, a fantastic job, but I'm having the hardest time because of Halo Four, br- feeling invested in this Reclaimer trilogy. That's what they're calling it, right? So like, mm-hmm. with five, like my wife, she's the one. She's like, hey, let's get five, and we found out we couldn't do split screen, and that like was a, a big no no for me. But she just kept going. She played it. And so I was caught in this point where I'm like, well, there's other games coming out. I'm upset that we couldn't co-op it. I'm I wasn't sold on four anyways. So I'll just I'll just get to it later. So Oh my god. I feel so bad. I'm so sorry. No, no, it's fine. He deserves it at this point. It's been so many years. Yes, for five years. What are you doing? I know. Okay. Well, you know what? That's it's much deserved. It's fine. Well, you know what? Um I'll just gonna I'll continue and I'll go into my feelings on The Last of Us Part Two. I don't care what else you had to say at this point. So, you're you said you're 20 hours in. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm gonna pretend to care what you say right now. Um, Addison, you said 10. Yeah, 10. I'm taking a little bit slower. Okay. Um, and just other things have been happening. So I'm only five. Mm-hmm. So I I uh, just started jumping in last night. And let me preface everything with, I didn't want a sequel. At When the initial announcement came out, I remember uh, texting Addison, like, that day, did you see the announcement? I'm so ticked off. I oh, wow. the, the ending with the first one, I feel, was, was so perfect um, that either you agreed or you disagreed with the ending. And it was one of those things where it felt like a singular story. Um, as much as I love the world... I didn't, I didn't feel like I, I had to jump back in. I don't know how else to like to say that it just felt like a complete experience to me and was just so special. Now that's not to say that this game's horrible. I'm loving it, but I'm I'm having that problem. I'm having that hump that I have to get over. So everything that I'm playing, everything that I'm doing, I'm like, oh, I didn't want this, and <laughs> and so I think that's probably why I'm only five hours in. That I need to like I need to get over my own self reservations essentially is what I'm getting at um, because the gameplay is fantastic. I'm loving the character development. I'm loving the story so far. Again, I'm only five hours in, but I feel so invested into what's happening right now. Um, but there's still that, that nuanced filter that everything is going through that I'm like, I, I didn't need this. I would have been okay. <laughs> um, but that said, if you haven't bought The Last of Us Part Two, I think you absolutely should. People worked really hard on it. Again, as somebody who is is looking at it jaded, I still love it. Like I still think it's a fantastic game. Um, without getting spoilery in the five in the first five hours, I think the introductions that they have done to everything is far and above better mechanically than anything in the first game. Um, mm-hmm. And then I would even say from a world-building standpoint, I, I think they carried the torch perfectly. Um, I don't feel like it, it was an awkward transition at all. Um, in fact, I probably feel even m- more invested in these characters, um, especially Ellie. 
um, you know, being the cover artist. Um, not that I didn't like her in the first one, but obviously, as you guys know, and anyone else who has played the game, I, I care more about her her personal journey and the way that she's looking at everything. And it is so hard to say all this without saying something that might be spoilery. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, I'm, I'm very much enjoying the game, even with my big baby attitude. But Addi- Addison, what, <laughs> where are you at 10 hours in? Uh, I mean, I don't think this spoils anything. Have you made it to day one, Asa? Uh, how do I answer? I... I don't know, but I am about to pack my bags. Huh? I'm about to pack my bags and embark on oh, a, okay. a grand yeah. adventure. Is that right. does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm agreeing with Corey. Like, everything is beautiful. I kind of welled up with tears riding through that first field. Um, oh. <laughs> just based off of the looks of it. Like, not even. I've cried so much, man. <laughs> I'm such a baby. Like, first five crazy. minutes flushed with tears um but yeah like i'm just blown away like i just have a basic ps4 so i'm i don't know how much better it would be on a pro but your ps4 is blown away too yeah uh yeah the fan is constantly running and i just cleaned it out like last in preparation for this but like i i just stop and look at everything i'm like man the lighting is insane the wheels on the bottom of the dumpsters are moving now Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah because like having just played through the first one three times like i was like these graphics are still pretty good mm-hmm. uh, for the remastered but then i noticed things like and eh, the bottom of the dumpster isn't moving like it's just a block um, <laughs> yeah so seeing that advancement in technology is mind-blowing um and all of that on top of the story i i'm not okay like uh <laughs> ever with these games and i think naughty dog is uh, tops like it's it's crazy yeah ha- did either of you specifically go to a mirror and look into it yet mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah every time i see a mirror i like i like go into it just to see just to did you <laughs> i'm sure you have but did you notice what happens when you hit uh l2 and you zoom in she like squints she squints that, yeah, there's like micro expressions. Yes. Wow, I didn't notice that. That that small bit of detail. It was one of the first things that I noticed that was like, okay, Naughty Dog is on another level. That's crazy. The that was fact something that... I kind of struggled with um, when we're breaking into the game. Like, uh, because the characters are so highly rendered, I was like, when are we? Like, I couldn't really tell the age that I was supposed to know Joel at at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm. So okay. I was I was kind of struggling there, but it was just so amazingly well crafted that I was blown away. Yeah, I uh, I I liked. I don't think I retweeted it, but somebody tweeted a GIF uh, from it, and it's kind of spoilery, so I'm not going to say it. But um, they were like, "Look at this GIF where somebody takes off their shirt," and they're like, "If you watch, like the shirt has like blood that sticks to the skin, and it's like you see like resistance from the cloth, and you see the cloth like come up the back, and it's like." I saw this moment and I didn't even like think twice about it, but like, that's not, it's such a small thing, but that's, it makes me so excited for next gen and everything beyond. Cause it's like, you know, in whatever, seven years ago, it would, it would have just been like a block of a t-shirt, like coming off of you <laughs> yeah. and like, okay, yes. like I, I get it. <laughs> but this one, it's like, they have blankets in it, which was a huge no, no for like game dev forever. Cause they're so hard to animate. Yeah, the sleeping bags were nuts. Yeah. There's all this stuff. And 
something I never noticed that felt so vital to me is glass. Is like being able to see glass and there's glass everywhere in this game. You know it because they, somebody made this technology and somebody in charge was like, we're putting this everywhere. <laughs> Cause like, if you see something with glass and it took me like forever to, to start doing this where it's like bending machine, bust it open. I bet there's something yeah. in there. It's like, there, there's so much where even The Last of Us 1, I'm, I may try to do the Greg Miller route where you play Last of Us 2 and then you play Last of Us 1 and then you play Last of Us 2 again. Mm -hmm. No promises, but we have like a month until Ghost of Tsushima. So I got oh, time yeah. to kill. <laughs> and so I kind of want to do that. And I'm thinking back to Last of Us 1 and it's like, okay, you can pretty easily tell a shiv door. And if it's not a shiv door, then you're not yeah. getting in there. Yeah. And, and here it's like, okay, does the door open? No. Okay. Can I break in anyway? And then like, you're just thinking about all these things and it's, it's so fascinating. I, I can't talk enough good about it. It's, yeah. it's amazing. I love it. And <clears throat> to, to not have us run like too much longer, cause we have so much more games to talk about <laughs> to that point. Um, that, that very first situation where the door is locked and you, you see a window and you just have that natural thought progression of the, the last time I had, this was breath of the wild. Where it yes, was like, yeah. how do I get across this? Oh, can I cut down the tree and let the tree fall? And I go across the the gorge that way? Yes, I can. So like, <laughs> wait a minute. Can I pick up the brick and do the what? Like, it, it's just <laughs> the way that they hold hands uh, to, to guide you through without actually holding your hand is just, it's mind-blowing. And keep in mind, like, we're, we're on current-gen hardware. There's no ray tracing. So the amount of work that the devs have had to put in to make glass like like Corey, you you hit something that i was thinking of in my entire five hours is glass those making that render making it look the way it does is so difficult because mm -hmm. they have to pre-render everything everything yeah. that, that glass could possibly do versus like new graphics cards with ray tracing the hardware just does it itself so mm -hmm. knowing that the small amount of detail that they put into this one aspect and then you just blow up thinking about the entire game and what they've been able to do is it's just mind boggling. But yeah, yeah. so I'm kind of scared wow. for any further progression, though, because like some of the face gestures and micro expressions are kind of starting to lean into the uncanny valley. I saw somebody uh, talk about that earlier today. Yeah. And I'm I mean, I'm super excited that it's to that point but also very nervous because it's like, at what point are we like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I got to, uh, I got to a trailer. I won't say which trailer, but I got to a trailer and this game does such a great job that I just completely forgot that this trailer even existed. And then we got there and I was like, oh shit, this was like one of the early trailers. And like you're saying, like just all the little, it, it reminds me of Uncharted 4. I don't know if y'all remember this when everybody freaked out when Nate did his like mouth thing. And everybody oh. was like, whoa, skin texture. This is amazing. <laughs> and like, it, it reminds me so much of that to watch some of these cutscenes, especially like the in-game cutscenes are one thing. And then the pre-rendered cutscenes are a whole other thing where yeah. they're like, they got like time to, to like perfect this. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it, it, the, the micro thing and every, everything is so good. Like, um, yeah, I love it. So that's what we're playing. <laughs> Please let us know, are you playing Pokemon, are you playing The Last of Us? Put it in the chat. Put it in the comments below because maybe you've got something that we need to try out. But exactly. let's move on to our next section. It is Make It or Break It. 
where we get a prompt from the community and we are going to take that prompt and make a game. Now, Corey, in the outline, it says redacted because I didn't want to, I didn't want to tell you what it was because I didn't want you to get too excited. Um, But I had fielded a few people, let them know who the guest was going to be and what they have done. And so (laughs) from the community, the prompt that we have been given is The Flash. Oh my God. So (laughs) we are going to be making the four of us. Let's make a game about the flash. And remember, just like last time, we need to know who's going to be making it. What's it going to play like? What's the title going to be? How's it going to, how's it going to control? And being the resident flash expert, I would like you, Corey, to be our game director. Lead us. Oh, sweet. I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. (laughs) Except so, uh, I want to start with Nate. I have flash notes right there. <laughs> I've been drawing. I've been drawing this whole time. That's that's a that's a legit. I do the Greg Miller thing where he draws a little Superman thing, but I oh, draw the yeah. little flash thing. I just write my name in cursive over and over and over again. Over it's and over and over again. Weird thing. It's like weird a punishment thing. for elementary school. But you just do it for fun. <laughs> Nate, start us off. What, uh, Nate? When you hear the Flash, how do you vision envision this game being made? We have we have to pitch it to our game director, who's then going to guide us through. I see there being some level design that's a little bit reminiscent of Sonic, which I know makes me sound like a monster, but also Temple Run. Like I just have like a kind of like a Temple Run vibe. Like as soon as you said the Flash, I was like, what if there's like a little Temple Run theme? But then also Mirror's Edge, that could be a really cool Flash style game. Wow. So that's where my brain is at, is I want the frenetic pace of Marvel Spider-Man, but just running instead of swinging. I, in whatever shape or form we can get that. I hate all my ideas. <laughs> that's that's so good. Now we need, okay, so what what I'm going to do is I'm altering this. We're going to do a, a main game, and we're going to do a mobile tie-in. Okay, that, <laughs> yes. that's going to be your temple run. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to elaborate on that, Nate, because like I said, I hate my ideas because that was just so perfect. I don't know why I didn't think about that. So if, yeah. if, if we have, the game is going to play in a, 3d sonic type way i'm going to take it to that level um because it's all about speed um i think it would be really cool if we get into these these sections where it gets into a first person view as maybe we're hitting the speed force or we're moving from if if we take it from rift apart the ratchet and clank game was just announced if we're hitting the speed force and it's jumping us to another section within the the dc universe and we start, we turn into a different Flash. So maybe we're, we're starting off as Wally West. Uh-huh. We we hit it, boom, we're turning into Barry Allen. But that transition, where it instead of having loading screens, it gets into a first-person view where we have to, like, navigate through. And that's, like, hiding the loading situation. And that's then it gets really, us into You're thinking about, like, the technical side of this. <laughs> right, right? How do, how do we feel about that? Is, that? is that vibe or was I all over the place? No, I like that. Yeah. I yeah, just feel cool. like having a different game play style based on which Flash you are is also could keep it fresh. Shoot. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely do that because Wally's like way more like, um, I, I would say like aggressive and he's like the quippy one of them and everything like that. So yeah, yeah I mean, you could definitely do that. And then a Barry's more like a subdued or like by the books, like whatever play style. I mean, yeah, that would be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So would it be a kind of like injustice to where the different chapters you're playing is different ones? 
do we or is it just keeping with what I was saying before where we're just we're jumping through time and space to get to another flash or I don't know so you could do it you could do it two ways you could do it either like you're saying injustice where it's like boom this is a Wally chapter boom this is a Barry chapter or whatever or you could do it GTA 5 style where you get in there and the the different ones have different missions and you attack it as a different character pretty much okay um i like that that's very arkham city with like catwoman storyline too exactly see that's what i it's the cop-out answer it's such a cop-out answer but i feel like rocksteady is like almost perfect for this and i know everybody's saying that they're making the superman game scrap it go flash <laughs> scrap it go flash <laughs> you know what rocksteady <laughs> someone's out there listen to this this is your new game exactly <laughs> it would be amazing well who's who's publishing then if if wb is getting sold let, let's pick a publisher who's actually going to give Rocksteady the tender love and care that they need for this. Man, that's tough. Um, who's like a good publisher? You know what I mean? Like, who's a publisher I can trust? Do they even exist? Yeah. Do they even exist? <laughs> um, man, I can't even think of publishers right now. Take two, I guess. As, as long as they think it's going to make money, like, they'll just give me whatever I want. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if, if we're thinking... GTA five style might as well just yeah exactly make it take two now control scheme wise I've I feel like Rocksteady insomniac they were able to capture the feeling of that superhero with the controller like you never felt like you were you had to stretch too far to make things a reality in the game because you know like some games it's man the cons- the control scheme is so funky that I, I don't feel engrossed or I don't feel like I'm a part of this story because I'm so focused on how hard it is to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And with the Flash movie, I feel like that's something like, I love Sonic. Sonic games are great, but sometimes there are things that got in the way, I feel like, control-wise, that slowed the action down when Sonic's all about being fast. So if the Flash is about being fast, like how how are we going to make this happen? Is it is it going to be like... Um, I don't think it can be like GTA where you have to tap A and that's how you run. It's probably going oh, no. to have to... Oh, no. God, no. That's the worst thing about GTA. Like, I would imagine it's you... going to be something similar to um, Assassin's Creed where it's you hold this button and that is the free-running sprinting button so you're vaulting over everything seamlessly. I was about to say, like, clicking, like, right trigger or something like that would be a... Uh, or, like, holding, like, right trigger would be a semi, like, natural thing. Um to do while you're like you're you're holding you're holding forward and you're just like and you kick it into another gear yeah boom you're there yeah like it almost needs to be intuitive like a platinum game exactly like i feel like those games dive real deep like astral chain it seems like a really crazy concept but it's like spreading butter once you figure it out and so i feel like if we could get something that's like just that kind of like intuitive gameplay style it's you're just going to go all over the place Man, even even platinum developing would be would be a a crazy thing because they're they're dope with that. with third person action combat and stuff like that. Yeah, you'd have to get some pretty good combos going. But yeah, there's so many con- there's so many uh, possibilities with this character. It's crazy. All right, title. What I think this is going to be close closely tied to narrative in the story. Without giving spoilers for a game that doesn't exist, where 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 should the story of the game go? Should it be an original thing? Should it be tied to the comics in some way, shape, or form? I mean, I feel like the easy 
they, like I just said earlier with the cop out. I feel like the cop out is flashpoint, but yeah. Um, man, uh, Born to Run is a really famous Wade story. Uh, that's like a good name. Emergency Stop is a famous <laughs> John yeah. story. Um, I'm trying to think of like good names. They have a lot of really good ones. Um, I don't know. You could, you could, uh, Godspeed's, um, what's it called? Uh, introduction is just called Barry's Day Off. Now that's a title <laughs> yeah. that gets speculation. You're like, what the hell happened to Barry? You Don't know, even call it why? The Flash. Just call it Barry's Day Off. <laughs> just call it Barry's Day Off. <laughs> People are super confused. <laughs> so then multiplayer, single player, DLC, like I want to plan this out so whoever we give this to they have to put as little work as possible and they just make it i feel like it has to be a single player with dlc because now granted there are if you look in williamson's run lately there is like the council of flashes or whatever that has all the different flashes of the multiverses but there's only 52 of them so you could you could have a server of like 52 people but like if you want it in canon it would probably have to be single player. a single player yeah single player with dlc maybe. yeah yeah uh, multiplayer DLC akin to Last of Us Part Two. Not to oh get back gosh, on that yeah. train. Okay. <laughs> the, I mean, I feel like this is a banger. Oh my god! I've wanted a Flash. I was, I was oh, yeah. just telling my brother. I was like, "You just wait. If they, if Rocksteady's game is like a Flash game, I'm gonna lose it, man. It would be so good." Well, now it needs to be platinum. And take now two. Now it needs to be platinum. Take two. Pick it up. You know what? Uh, Rocksteady. They can be consultants on this. They can help with like exactly little little things here or there so mm-hmm. I'm as long it. as platinum finishes bayonetta 3 before they start this project yeah this is a perfect it. world this is a perfect world where where <laughs> all games are being finished and this is just the sole project right? <laughs> yeah yeah well i i feel like we got a solid game that was probably the easiest maker to break it out of the two that have happened so far <laughs> i'm a i'm an easy director what can i say i'm a I'm an agreeable man. Thank you, sir. <laughs> well, that does bring us to our next section, my favorite. Where we head down a nostalgia trip fueled by the desires that are within our hearts, brought to you by the prompt, which is video game superhero experience. So what is your, whoever wants to kick it off, thinking back to the days of old, what is your your favorite superhero experience in video games? And that could be just a game as a whole, something cool that happened in a level. Just give us, give us you your, your thoughts. Whoever whoever's ready, you you jump in because I don't know why I didn't think of anything yet. Um, so I I guess I'll start. Sorry. Uh, the <laughs> first the first superhero uh, video game that I ever played was um, like in high school. It was Spider Man Three. Um, hmm. so like I was pretty late to the game with this and, uh, man, I, when I played through all of that, it was really fun. I just liked the way it was flowing and the fact that I could just free swing everywhere pretty much. Um, so when the new Spider-Man came out, I was so stoked. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to talk about that really. The first, like, it's not even superheroes. It's, uh, War of the Monsters. Um, it oh, shoot. Was on, That's a deep cut. Yeah, yeah, it was on PS2, and it was like, it. sometimes it came with the PS2. It was one of those games. 
um, but they're just giant monsters and they're not superheroes or anything, but they battle each other. And that was a majority of like my early gaming experience, um, like in, in middle school. Um, so that's, that's my favorite uh, when you say like superheroes, that's what I think of for some reason. Dude, no, that, that war of the monsters game was the, the kaiju experience that I wanted rampage to be. Yeah. To like, I don't know if anybody ever played it, but there was a Gundam game on, I believe the PS2 where it was really just like a mech assault type game. But obviously the setting was you're in the city. So like, there's all these little buildings and little cars and people. And like, that was like the arena for war of the monsters. And you just got like this sense of scale that at least for me, like out of all of the different characters, obviously I'm a huge Gundam fan. So I always went with like the big mech robot guy. Yeah, the, the VTech guy. Yeah, yeah, saying. yeah. So then, like, <laughs> my my in my head, I'm thinking, well, I am the, the hero of this, this city. Yeah. You know, I've, I've got, like, a, a big O for any deep cut anime people, like, a big <laughs> O thing going on where it's like, okay, got to suit up, and I pop in, and I'm just destroying <laughs> all these monsters, and buildings are crushing, but I'm saving the city. Dude, wow. Wow. Did you ever play Armored Core? Yes, yeah. Armored okay. Core... Armor Core was, I don't remember the last one that I played, but that was my jam for a while. Yeah, that was another favorite. Anyway, somebody else can go now. Where are the monsters? <laughs> All right, yeah, someone else go. I want to go last because I'm, I'm feeling special about mine. <laughs> well, I'm going to go a different route and go to a web-based game. Ooh. So back in middle school, we as a friend group were obsessed with Avatar The Last Airbender. And Nickelodeon.com had Avatar Autumn Twilight. And though it's not like a true traditional superhero, you still bent all the elements. And I was obsessed with that game. That was all I wanted to do. I didn't want to do homework and I felt like a superhero. And it was the most fun I've ever had with any kind of web-based video game ever. And I wish that they would release an Avatar The Last Airbender game. Um, And if anyone is listening, please... Do that a good us. one a um, good one yes. but yeah that was that was my big one because it was so cool to like watch that show be obsessed with that show and then be able to like act out what they were doing in the coolest way possible so that would be my like superhero type experience that resonated the most yeah nate i don't know if you know but platinum actually did a Korra game i oh i think i do enjoyed that. it yeah i was gonna I say it wasn't got... like the best but it was fun as far as like a like intellectual property tie-in game it wasn't too bad i think that it got a lot of hate and i i if someone's going to be able to do it it was platinum yeah they just need another go at it with i think enough time and funding to make it something great yeah i agree Everyone's a little kind of scared of that franchise, though, ever since M. Night Shyamalan did what oh he my did. God. So. <laughs> I'm a little nervous about it, if we're going to be honest. So my superhero game, um, I, I've got to go. I always go with the same one. It is right up there with my favorite games of all time. So this was a super easy prompt for me. Um, and that's Infamous 2. Uh, I, I remember very vividly, if any of y'all went to Hollywood Video back in the day, Um, we got a magazine at Hollywood video, um, and it was an advert for infamous one. And I was like, well, I gotta get this. And so I got it and I loved it. 
and I hate to age myself, but when the PS3 came out, I would have been 11. So I loved, 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 loved uh, Infamous 1. And uh, so I get Infamous 2, and it's just like, it's so much fun. I've never played Sucker Punch games before, and they have such a uh, springiness to them, which I'm very excited, and I hope that Ghost kind of carries over. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more serious, so I don't know how they're gonna carry it over. Um, But the way that Sly runs and the way that Cole runs, it's very definitively Sucker Punch. They've got like a tippy-toe-ness going on. Yeah. Um, And I love it. And the melee was awesome and controlling lightning, you know, just calling it down. They they do such a good job of introducing powers and they always wait till the very end to give you the coolest one, uh, which in Infamous 1, I more recently replayed so I can recall that one immediately, but that's calling down the lightning from the skies. Mm And it's just so cool, and you feel like such a badass. And and I probably played so much uh, Infamous 2 in my life. And then when my old fat Spider-Man 3 font PS3 died, the (laughs) save game died with it. So I haven't played Infamous 2 since my original PS3 died, because I'm just like, I can't go back. I can't. I can't relive (laughs) those memories, man. (laughs) It's got to stay there in my mind as, like, top-tier game. I I feel like easily there there could be a long-running discussion series on how great infamous is um so dude, i i'm right there with you the infamous series as a whole and i'll even stand by second son um mm-hmm. those yeah. are some of my my favorite games of all time and man I, we're giving this guy so much love this episode greg miller's <laughs> review of infamous one uh, on ign was the thing that sold me on the game I really yeah because at the time infamous came out at the same time as prototype mm-hmm. and so I ended up going with prototype I, I can't remember why because man that game was just not great at least me personally <laughs> I didn't think so um, so I was just anti infamous it was for me it was prototype all the way but then I watched his review and I was like holy crap like the thing and I can remember <laughs> distinctly what he said the part that sold it for me was when he talked about standing at the top of Empire City and you're just looking over it, you have that Batman moment where he's looking over Gotham and it's like, this is my city. And yeah. I was like, I want that feeling. And ever since I, I've played Infamous uh, three times through, um, two, I think, is the definitive best one of the entire series. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. Um, and fe- shout out to Festival of the Blood. I don't know if... Yeah. Yeah, dude, Festival of the Blood was good. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm... Oh my gosh. All, all three of you, you guys are just giving me like like nostalgia chills right now (laughs) um shoot so okay when i talk about one of my favorite video game uh superhero moments please know that i acknowledge that there is no really good superman game but (laughs) there was a, a video game for superman returns that was released on the xbox 360 and i believe maybe even like Wii and ps3 and I was solely obsessed with that game. Um, I remember the, the first time I played it was on like a, an official Xbox Magazine demo disc. And the thing that sold me on the game was the feeling that you get when you fly. So I don't know, have either, have any of you played it? No. That's okay. I mean, it's really not a great game (laughs) at all. Um, But I think it's the closest game that we have so far to a a great Superman game. Um, But the feeling that you get when you're flying, you... I feel like it's so hard to to nail that that feeling. 
Like flying is one of those mechanics that in a 3D space is like you it either feels like really floaty or disconnected or it's too clunky. Um, but it just felt so good and um, akin to the Flash, you know, like Superman has that super speed. So you there are these um, moments where you could upgrade your powers and you could get to the point where I believe if you were to hold RB, you could enter like Superman super speed mode and they would have this amazing effect. So I would always go as far out as I could in the map and and like either stand or just hover for a second. And I my goal was to get as 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 far as I could, as fast as I could across the entire map. So I would play the music in my head, uh, some 30 seconds to Mars <laughs> crap, I don't know, and, and start like hovering slowly and just getting faster and faster because you had varying levels of speeds with, with just the analog stick and you would hit top speed. And they, I don't remember who developed it, but they added this cool little camera shake and a very distinct, I can hear it now, like, um, the sound design of Superman's cape uh, flapping in the wind was like, it just worked so, the sound design worked so well with the mechanics of flying that as soon as you hit mock speed, it like, it punched through the wind, like rips back and you like just rip forward. And it is nice. the most gratifying thing that it allowed me to suffer through the entire 20 hour campaign or whatever. Um <laughs> But you had that same feeling on the ground too. So if you were to run, obviously it wasn't as, I don't think it played as well when you were walking and running. Um, but yeah, just that experience of flying and hitting those top speeds. And you're like, I feel like I'm going to fly out of the screen. Like where else could I go? I'm going so fast. Um, yeah, it was just, it was an incredible experience that totally uh, sells me that Superman games can be good. But wow. Uh, please let us know in the chat. Uh, in the comments below, what is your favorite superhero video game moment? We want to know. But let's move on to what I'm really excited for, are some deep cut knowledge. We're going to get into Big Bet Trivia. Now, Addison has started to take the lead last week by winning the softball question of Whatever Skyrim power, Fusro Da crap that was. But but now we're gonna get into some real hard knowledge. So please put it in the chat, put it in the comments. Are you are you team Corey? Are you team Addison? Are you team Nate? We're gonna get one question. You guys will you'll get your chance to answer. I don't have a buzzer or anything like that. <laughs> but <laughs> Without there being too much discourse, I'm going to pull this at random. Um, you can absolutely do this at home if you're a big video game nerd. I highly suggest you pick this up. But it's just called Ultimate. Will it go into focus? I don't know. Oh, Ultimate Video so Game Trivia. I know. It's a ton of fun. Uh, and, well, I mean, it's fun if you know video game stuff. If you don't, you're going to, like, have the worst experience of your life. But anyways, we just okay. answer it if we know it? What's that? We can just answer it if we know it? Yeah, if you know it. I don't know. Yell, scream, clap your hands. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's going to be some sort of trophy. I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, for the winner at the end of the season who accrues the most points. Um, but our wonderful mods hopefully are, are keeping tally of those. But here we go. Here's the question. The Hellgast are the main antagonists from which video game series? <laughs> 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 Oh, yes, Corey. It's Killzone. 
It's kill zone. Dang it, that was a, <laughs> another softball. Son Man, I was just thinking about this when you were talking. To, somebody was talking about uh, old video games. I forget what it was, but I was I was thinking about kill zone and how I tried to get into them way too late, and it just I couldn't because it was so so bad. <laughs> I wanted to love kill zone too so much, and I never played it, but I loved the cover, man. It was so yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, we relate on so many levels. (laughs) (laughs) Nate, do you know what Killzone is? (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) I I feel like it's one of those Sony properties that just, I don't want to say was doomed to fail, but from its initial conception where they said this is the Halo killer, they just like... I put, and, and a lot of people are going to think this is like sacrilege, but I put Killzone and Haze and Resistance all in the same thing of like, they're fine, but when you start a game with saying this is a Halo killer, you're like doomed to fail. Yeah. Nobody's going to take you seriously. You're just a Halo clone yeah. at that point. I, so, yeah. I will say, I, I feel like I was a pretty smart kid. And you know what? Let me double back. Corey, you said when Infamous came out, you were 11. Dude, I was 19, yeah, I think so. but that's okay. Uh, How, I, what, what did you say? How old? I was 19, so don't Oh, nice. Don't okay. feel old. I, I'm old. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I feel like I was a pretty smart kid because I knew right away, I'm like, okay, this is bullcrap. Killzone is not going to be the Halo killer. It's yeah. it's just not going to happen. And I, But I feel like Resistance and Killzone, they are fantastic IPs. I want them to continue to see life because I loved every single entry. Haze, man, that game was rough that was another cool cover that i didn't buy dope cover (laughs) dope cover rough game but there boom Corey taking the point for video game trivia tying the lead with addison for one point now i haven't decided what i'm gonna do for like the special guest slot because at this point it's gonna be like this revolving thing so it's like well at the end of the season do i just give it to whoever's on that last episode or like i don't even so Put it, put it in the chat. Whoever's put it in the comments. Like in the special guest, better bring it. I know, or maybe this just means that Corey, you're gonna have to watch every episode and make sure to like <laughs> just answer every question. Just answer every question, <laughs> and just start it off with ah. <laughs> so we know. All right, Corey's got it. All right, we're gonna wrap things up. We've got out this month. Obviously, the list hasn't changed too much, but in case you didn't listen to the first episode and you don't know what's coming out in June. We've got Elder Scrolls Online getting a new expansion. Greymore Disintegration is out. Obviously, the Isle of Armor for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Fortnite Chapter 2 has received its Season 3 with Aquaman. Uh, the Last of Us Part 2 is out. Coming out this week, SpongeBob SquarePants, Battle for Bikini Bottom, Rehydrated. Heck yeah. Sorry. Uh, Ninjala <laughs> and the Wonderful 101 Remastered. Um, let's go around the panel. What are you most excited about? I'm going to say it. SpongeBob SquarePants, I, it's supposed to arrive Tuesday or Wednesday. I can't wait. Like that's my favorite SpongeBob game, and Rehydrated just looks incredible. So that's what I'm gonna put as my favorite game of June or whatever. Most excited. What did I say? Who cares? <laughs> it's a hot mess. <laughs> I'm gonna be super easy to guess. I'm just gonna say Last of Us Two, but I will say, I will say that I am very happy for SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom. Uh, my best friend of however long, 19 years now, uh, that was like his game growing up. Uh, I would walk next door 
and it's like he was always playing that and Kirby uh, Dream Ride Air Ride Kirby yeah, Air Ride yeah um, those yeah. two things where it's like I would walk across the little whatever to his house and uh, that's what he'd be playing one of those two things you know the number of times I played the there. distance launch just to smash that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a distinct not to get too thrown off of the the course here. I have a distinct memory when I was spending the night at his house one time, and we were up until like three or four in the morning, and he was like hell bent on getting me to finish and beat the CPUs against these these air ride uh, characters, and I I can hear him as clear as day saying Corey. You can do this, and this was like two like ten year old kids or whatever trying to beat these computers, and he was so good at it, and I was so bad at it. Yeah. Air ride was so good. Mine's right up there. I love it. <laughs> I love. It. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously still most excited about the Last of Us Part Two, but uh, second level of hype goes to Pokemon. I mean, I'm gonna have to buy it at some point and get back into it because that's just a, a classic love. Classic love. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm still really excited for Ninjala. I think it's gonna be a good Splatoon three type game. So I hope I know there have been a couple bugs, so I'm excited that we can kinda all test it out and play through it. Yeah. I I keep seeing uh seeing Ninjala content from uh Game Explain and every time I see it it gets me super excited. And yeah, like you said, if if we're not gonna get Splatoon three news anytime soon, this is gonna have to take that place. But let us know what you're excited to play, uh, what you're excited that's coming out. Um, as we wrap things off, I want to get into a section that I shamefully forgot in the first episode, and I am so sorry, the community spotlight, where we take just a minute to highlight somebody in the Borderline family and, and send some love their way. So I'm going to do two community spotlights because, again, I'm an, I'm an idiot, and I'm sorry I missed it in the first episode. Um, but the first one, please go check out Captain Woodsy, twitch.tv slash Captain Woodsy. Yeah. Uh, amazing guy. He just got hired at, at Dual Shockers as a staff writer. Huge props to him again. Um, but go check out his awesome streams. He has amazing content on his YouTube channel. Um, and then the other community spotlight, I want to huge uh, give a huge shout out to um, uh, it's Aksu. Uh, Aksu gave the prompt for last week's episode is an awesome Fortnite streamer, an amazing Borderline family community member. So please uh, send them some love. That is twitch.tv slash it's underscore Axu, and that's A-X-U. Um, we'll make sure to put links into the descriptions of each of these episodes um, because we have an amazing community. Uh, and if you're not already a part of it, please consider being a part of that today. But Corey, this yes. is your time to shine. What are you working on? What do you want people to check out? What do you want people to consume? Man, I uh, so on a on a personal level, uh, professionally, I can't pimp anything yet. But one day, y'all are gonna get to see what I work on, and y'all are gonna be amazed. It's awesome. I'm excited for it. Um, but on a personal level, um, if you want to hit up the Justin Editor uh, YouTube channel, I am uh, I have a very I'm really proud of season one, which may be the only season of the Justin Editor podcast. Who knows? Um, but we had people like uh, Jeff Ford on there who edited all the Captain America movies, all the Avengers movies, um, talk about his his uh, experience through that and stuff like how they just let him use the Futura font for the uh, Captain America Civil War. And I had no clue what font that was. I didn't even think And he was that. like, yeah, I just really like Futura font. And I was like, did you have to like, get like 
it cleared by Disney or something. He's like, no, they just let me do it. And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. I thought that video, that movie editing was like way more intense. Um, and then we also have people, you know, like Jonathan Sims, who did the Invader Zim Netflix movie. He edited that as well. Um, it's super exciting. But also the newer project um, is starting line semicolon running with the flash, which I am super excited to do. I actually probably won't put out an episode this week because I've been super consumed with Last of Us. But um, it's we're starting back all the way to 1987 with Flash number one after Barry died in Crisis on Infinite Earths and, you know, reading forward and how just crazy weird a lot of those issues are and how weird they get. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned at the very top of the show, also um, A Dark Halo is putting out their new music video on Tuesday. Um, I cannot remember the title. Vector, Vector. <laughs> I worked on this music video for two weeks and I couldn't think of it. I've heard the song so much. Uh, it's a really good song though. I really am happy with it. Um, it's a really cool music video. And uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much everything I'm doing. Um, MC Fixer put out a couple new uh, social vids that I had the pleasure of working on. Um, I got to do the intro for Assemble. I've been looking, you mentioned uh, Captain Woodsy earlier. I've been looking at a lot of his YouTube content. He's been running stuff by me and I've been giving him tips and stuff and he's been absolutely killing it. That's nothing for me, but I'll pimp him out again um, <laughs> just because it's been very impressive. But yeah, so Justin Editor, youtube.com. It, it doesn't have a little URL yet, but you know, we'll get yeah. there. We'll get there. Screw you, YouTube, and the way you- Exactly, 100 subscribers, what is that, man? Come on. I, uh, when I was growing up and everything, I started editing when I was 14. And uh, so I had a YouTube channel, like everybody did in 2012. I did a, a, a Let's Play YouTube channel. And uh, I ended up getting like 500 subs. And now I'm like making really good quality content. To me, it's good quality, at least. And I'm like, come on, man, YouTube, you can't let me have these small amenities that 16-year-old Corey had because he like <laughs> hit Reddit with all of his self-promotions that you're not supposed to do. Anyway, well, that was my tangent on that. Where, where can people find you on social media? Uh, go to uh, twitter.com slash Corey Cudney is all my stuff. And then you can also go to twitter.com slash just an editor pod. We'll also bring you all that good stuff. Boom. Uh, Addison, Nate, where can people find you? Uh, I'm most of the time at Addison Tossie anywhere, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, on Twitch. I've started, <laughs> I was trying to run through the last of us in one go, but I only made it about halfway, uh, cause it was four <laughs> 30 in the morning and I gave up, but, uh, it's itchy underscore toboggan, um, on Twitch and I'll probably be streaming more, uh, of that soon. And then I'm on all the socials at, as at the Nate pretzel, like the food.com or not.com. I don't know how to use social media. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at a green river zero seven. But if you want to follow anybody, please search borderline entertainment, follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, stay in the know. You're going to get there and you're going to see the social content has been lacking. I'm, I'm trying. I'm one person, but anyways, it's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. But you'll be able to know when we're going live, who's going to be the guest on the next episode of Game Chat, and just everything that's going on in our community. And also, please, if you've got Discord and you're watching on this or you're looking into uh, the, the YouTube comments or, or whatnot, join the Discord. We have an amazing community over there. It's growing. We want more people to be a part of it. And, uh, yeah, thank you, everybody, so much. Thank you, Corey, for being a part of the episode. We hope everybody has a wonderful week. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. 
I have to give a shout out to, uh, I don't say myself, but my, <laughs> my four month old son got me th- this hat. So I'm a proud Papa today, but yes, happy Father's Day to all the other dads, but above all else, be well, borderline family.